Have you ever done something and no one has given you praise? Someone say all the time. <laughs> uh, have, you ever, have you ever prayed for something and it hasn't come to pass? Uh, someone sent me a link um, to the, the movie, the, 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 the thing called Chosen, the movie. Uh, this was a couple of weeks ago. I thought I'd, I'd, I'd look at the thing. I fell asleep while looking at it. Um, if you know me, I like action and comedy. Come on, say amen. I like those things. And, and, and so I was, I, was, I, was, I was looking at the thing, and it was moving past a very slow pace, you know, very slow pace. I was waiting for the action, because when Jesus is around, there should be action. And just baiting somebody, that's all. Because you're looking real sad right about now. But, 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 but in, 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 the, in the movie, when they got to this particular story, I got excited. I got excited. I kind of woke up right at that point for some reason. And, 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 and in the movie, it really painted a picture that Peter had a wife. Mm -hmm. And the wife now, watch this, watch this. The wife had just given him an ultimatum because he had borrowed money. He owed the taxes, Matthew and these guys, a whole lot of money. Come on now. And he couldn't pay his bills. He came to her and she told him he need to get out the house. He need to go. I hear somebody say, that's right. Lord have mercy. Pastors, pastors, you've got work to do in this congregation. Lord have mercy. Ah, uh, uh. Yeah, and so his wife told him to go. What he did was, it was on the way now to, to this whole um, situation where he's left his house, his life is a mess, that he bumps into Jesus. Now, I don't know about the theological part of this or whether this fits into scripture, but I do know this, that when your chips are down, come on somebody, when things are not going well, when everything you prayed for has not come to pass, and you're left all alone, the best person to bump into. I'll go again. If it was Sunday morning, the Pentecostals would have jumped a pew when they said Jesus. But I know some of you are so sophisticated that you're suffocating the Holy Ghost. So let him loose today. Is that all right? Let him loose. 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 <laughs> when your chips are down. And things are not going the way they should. Come on now. And you're isolated all by yourself. Is anybody here? And all of a sudden, you bump into Jesus. I declare you didn't bump into Jesus. He bumped into you. For salvation is bumping, is Jesus bumping into you and not you finding Jesus. Because you can't find Jesus because of our carnal nature sold unto sin. So he comes to where we are. And in his presence, miracles happen. Peter toils all night, catches nothing. I'm talking about someone's life right now. Young people, I see it every day. I'm a chaplain at three schools. Have mercy. And when I go into school and I look at young people today, they look like they've toiled all night and caught nothing. They don't sleep. They play games all night. Or they talk on the phone. 
One young man told me the other day, he said, sleep is overrated. He said, I can play games all day and still get A-star. And it's true. He's an A-star student. But he plays all night long till about 4 in the morning. He's up, comes to school, 8.30, and he's at it again. I told him he'll never live to live to my age at that rate. Come on, say amen, because... It's only by the grace of God that I'm here. Come on, say amen. <laughs> Pastor said when he grew up, he would have been whatever. <laughs> but I'm trying to tell you, man, uh, Peter was in, in a bad situation. He was washing his net. Things were not good for him, and, and it was all over. His wife in the movie seemed to have, have turned her back on him. He didn't have any money. He owed everyone money, and it seemed like he didn't have nowhere to turn. He was washing his nets. Hallelujah. But thank God for the next move in the text. Because the next move in the text is not Peter's move. Because Peter was about to end it all. But I'm glad when Jesus is looking for disciples, he doesn't come to the church. I was about to drop the mic, but I'm in church. Amen. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because if he came to the church, he would have met some strange people back then. But no, oh no, oh no. We wanted disciples that were where Peter was. So that their total dependency will now be upon Jehovah. Some of us have outgrown Jesus. And we have become theological experts who don't even need the Bible because we follow tradition and it's killing our young people because they want to follow the Bible but they've got so much tradition to wade through and they can't see Jesus in their tradition. Ay, 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 ay. Boy, you invited the wrong preacher today. You should have went for one. Come on now, that was going to tell you what you wanted to know. But I'm serious. I'm sick and tired. And I know Pastor Gillen is sick and tired too of seeing our churches void of young people when it used to be packed. Come on now. I used to come to South London and Lewisham and all these churches were absolutely wall-to-wall -wall young people running the show. And I want to say this. Brethren, we got to get back to the word. Because the young people are asking the questions, but we got no answers. Because we built our religion on tradition. And it's about what you do, what you wear. Come on now. And all this kind of stuff. And when you tell people all of that stuff and they don't know Jesus, they're legalistic fools who are making good firewood for hell. Peter washed his nets, signifying that it was over. He's not fishing anymore. It's done. I want you to get happy today. So watch this next move in the text. He's washing his nets. Here come Jesus. He's got a bunch of people with him. Come on now. A bunch of people with him. And now he has an option of going into two boats. 
He just happened to pick Simon Peter's boat. You may say coincidence. I will say that's salvation. Uh, back in the day, we would say that the boats, the boats, the boats represents ah, the church. The good old ship of Zion. So Jesus now steps into the boat and he asked them to push himself a little way back from the shore. Hallelujah. What I like about Jesus, he's always a few steps ahead. Maybe light years ahead. And he puts himself in a position now where he can see everybody. Come on now. And I want you to know today that you can't hide from Jesus. He can see you. I mean, see you. And so you may have come into church and fooled the pastors and fooled everybody else, but you ain't fooling God. He can see you. He steps into your boat because he wants to save you. Come on now. He wants to save you. And so Simon Peter, you're at your wit's end. I'm going to step into your boat and I'm going to make sure it's your boat. He steps into Simon Peter's boat. I love Jesus. Come on now. Steps in there and he pushes him back. Now Peter and the others have got into the boat with him. They're in the boat with him and he starts preaching. Now I know, I know we got a bunch of preachers here and every single one of them can preach. I know that. But nobody can preach like Jesus. Wonderful words. Come on now. Words so freely given, wooing us to heaven. Beautiful words. Wonderful words. Wonderful words of life. And he's preaching the word. And the people are getting excited. People are being healed by the word. You know you're preaching when people are healed by the word. The goal in this generation, pastors, is not to preach so people will leave happy, but preach so people will be healed while we're preaching. Watch this move. Hallelujah. In the midst of his preaching, he drops a commercial break. Launch out into the deep. Now, if you read the original language, it would say launch out into the deep for a catch. In other words, God is saying definitely you're going to catch something. I got to stop for a minute because some of you all ain't with me. Okay? I hope you're with me now. There is a guarantee in the text. That if you do what Jesus tells you, you're going to get what he's got for you. I'll go again. I'll go again. Hallelujah. If you do what Jesus tells you, guaranteed, you're going to get what he's got for you. Let's go somewhere with this. Hallelujah. So the commercial break comes, launch out into the deep, takes everybody left field. The disciples now are struggling at this point because they don't know what to do. Because why are we launching out into the deep? We, we toiled all night. Come on now. We've washed our nets. There is no way in the world that we can catch anything. Plus it's daylight. And the fish ain't here. I got news for you. I hate fishing. I was pastoring in San Jose, California, and uh, the members came one night, pastor, about one o'clock in the morning. They wanted to take me fishing. They thought it was a right thing to do, to treat their pastor to fishing. I came by here to tell you that find out what your pastor likes before you treat him and her. Come on now. 
find out what they like, and then help them with the process. But don't take them where they don't want to go. Anyway, I, I get up in the morning because, uh, uh, and, 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 and you all can testify, pastors, that, that sometimes you have to do things that the members want you to do in order, come on now, just to keep the peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get some, some rookie pastors who are going to tell you, I'm just going to show up in the church and the church going to do what I tell them to do. And then, no, 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 no. If they say go fishing one o'clock in the morning, go fishing one o'clock in the morning. It's a small price to pay for peace. <laughs> so I put on three trousers. Come on, say amen. And I put on. <laughs> and they took me to this lake. They took me to this lake. And now, I'm looking at the lake. There is no beach. Come on, say amen. There is a, it's just freezing cold. They got a cooler. They got a cooler and they got all kind of drinks in the cooler. I'm thinking, we're going to be here a long time. <laughs> the brethren told me, the brethren, <laughs> the brethren told me that we could be here till five, six in the morning. At that point, I said, well, where are we going to sleep? They say, we fishing. We can't sleep. So now here I am, man. I'm there, and I'm mad. I'm mad with them, and I'm mad with the Lord. But I'm laying there. They teach me how to put the bait on. Come on now, and do all that stuff, and, and let the hook drop in the water. They teach me all of that good stuff. Anyway, I put this, my, my line in the water. Hallelujah. And I lay down. I found a little thing like a pillow. Amen. I'm about to see Jesus in my sleep. Come on, say amen. I, I'm about to knock out. Anyway, one hour goes by, nothing. Two hours go by, the people are talking like it's in the middle of the day. And they're enjoying themselves. And I'm just thinking about my bed. Uh -huh. Now watch this. It gets to like around five in the morning. My net starts to move. Well, not my net, my rod. Starts to move. Guess what I do? I get up. Hallelujah. I'm excited now. All of a sudden, I like fishing. Because nobody else caught anything. My net is moving. Hallelujah. And it's clear. I thought about it. And I thought maybe because I'm the preacher, God is blessing me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the net starts moving, man. And I get up and I make my way. <laughs> make my way up there. And I start doing all the stuff I'm supposed to do. I said it must be a big one because it ain't coming up. They came over. They helped me up, man. And we're doing our thing. And we're moving the rod left and right. Hallelujah. I'm talking about I don't like fishing. Well, after fighting with this thing, we pull it out of the water. And man, I was about to give a shout of hallelujah. And then I realized it was a piece of wood. <laughs> I have toiled all night. Are you some? <laughs> I toiled all night. Hey, hey, I, I was freezing cold. Come on now. I, I, I don't like fishing, but I had to do it because I had to do it for the members' sake. And, and there I was, again, excited because of my catch. A piece of wood. Never mind. From that day to this, I've never gone fishing again. I will eat fish. Come on, say amen. I was on Fisherman's Beach in Ocherias. Come on, say amen. And 
they pulled the snapper out the water passer. Come on now. And they started to deal with that fish. Come on now. And then they twist up two festivals and put me two crackers in there. Come on, pastor. And they, y'all didn't hear what I'm saying. I'm, I'll eat it, but I ain't catching it. Let me tell you what happens. Launch out into the deep. Instead of Peter saying we're not going to do it because you're not an expert at fishing Jesus. Peter says, nevertheless, Lord. I wish there was someone in the building. In other words, God, hallelujah. I know what the experts say. I know what the meteorologists say. I know what the fishermen say. Come on now. I know what everyone says. And, and I know you're not a real fisherman. But I just heard you preach a word. In other words, if Jesus didn't preach, Peter wouldn't have been convinced. But he preached the word. There is still power in the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Power to let you know that faith must be a priority. Power to let you know that even when there is a contrary wind and there is a storm coming, God's word must still be stood on. Watch this move. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, Lord, even though it don't work out, even though I've washed my nets, even though things are not going well at home, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Because legacy is built upon three things. Belief, obedience, and life. You got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ in order to have a great legacy. Hallelujah. You got to obey his word in order for your legacy to have foundation. But you got to live what his word says in order for your legacy to affect your children and your children's children. Nevertheless, Lord. Ha. Now watch the end of this thing. Now you all don't look like you got a shout in you. I don't know. You got a little shout in you? You sure? Okay, three people said, yeah, the rest of them are like, we ain't shouting in church, it's not right. Yeah, yeah. You know, shouting is therapeutic, you all know that? Yeah, the reason why some of you look like you're spiritually constipated is because you're not shouting enough. Amen. Yeah, you need to open your mouth and holler. Have you ever seen a weightlifter? I, I, I looked at the Olympic Games. Young people, you all seen the weightlifters? Oh, she, look at her, she's all happy. Look, look. And, and, and the weightlifters are picking up the thing. And when they get here, they got it. They get here, they're struggling. And then they pass it, they try to get it up the head and it ain't going. But every time they get here and they want to get it up there, they start shouting. Ah, ah, they make the ugliest faces. Come on, some of you are too pretty to shout. Watch this. Nevertheless, Lord, nevertheless, at your word, hallelujah, at your word, that says to God, I not, may not be feeling it, but at your word, I'm going to do what your word says, I'm going to believe it, I'm going to obey it, and I'm going to live it, come on now, at your word, Lord, here comes the final piece of the puzzle, so, they do what Jesus says. It is the second Sabbath of this year. This church needs to go fishing for men. 
Okay, four people now. Come on. Yeah, yeah. We, hey. Fishing for men so that the results that Peter and the disciples got that day, you will get. Watch this move. The move is this, is that they drop the nets in shallow water in the dawn. Come on now. And I believe it was the wrong time to go fishing, but with Jesus in the vessel. Come on now. Things will change. Hallelujah. The storms may be raging. Things may be bad at home. Come on now. No more money. You may owe people. But I came by here today to tell you that if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you get him in your boat. Come on now. And you're obedient to your word, his word. I guarantee you, hallelujah, that things will change in 2024. Can you say amen? Now watch this. There was so much fish. Let me tell you what I believe happened. I don't believe them fish were ever in the water. I believe because the creator was in the boat. Uh, some of you are going to get it on Thursday. Because the creator was in the boat. Come on now. Hallelujah. Yeah, while he was speaking, he was creating. When the moment he said the word for a catch, every fish from everywhere, come on now, followed the words of the creator, came into that proximity of water. When they put the net down, they didn't have to go looking for fish or have bait for fish. Come on now. The fish automatically came into the thing. They jumped in. The true word of young people, when it comes to youth evangelism, is do what you're doing for God. Follow his word. Live according to how he's told you. And people will ask you the question that they asked Daniel and the boys. And that is, what can we do? To have what you have. You're there. Oh, they will jump into this church. Pack every seat. And before you know it, all of those traditional folk will go to the back. And have their own religion. While the young people follow the Bible. And the word of God. Well, I love Peter's response. Peter doesn't just keep the fish for himself. Peter now calls other people. And he says, come, I got some fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in Zimbabwe three weeks ago, four weeks ago now. And I remember there was a lady there. She didn't know that I wasn't a vegetarian. <laughs> and, and somehow they, they gave me some tofu-looking things. And, and some meat that used to bounce. Come on, say amen. It's bounce. Anyway, the lady just happened, someone told her that, uh, you know, pastor's not a vegetarian. So if you cook fish, you're going to eat the fish. Came knocking on my guest house door. Amen. And she came and she said, pastor, I heard. I said, well, I'm glad. <laughs> she said, do you want to, uh, I can give you the address. I said, no, I'm going to ride with you. She said, oh, you ready to, I'm ready to go. You mentioned fish. <laughs> Went with the lady, sat with her family, ate the fish. Come on, say amen. Enjoyed the fish. And, and yeah, you all better say amen. It's in the Bible. Don't lie. And man, and let me tell you, man, it was so wonderful. Not because so much of, of, of the fish, but the fact that, hallelujah, that she was willing to share what she had. 
And I came by here to tell you that that is evangelism. And that is uh, sharing what you have. Come on now, sharing what you have. You know, the Kirby man came to my house. And the Kirby man was selling a vacuum cleaner. Now, I was living in California, and the family was there, and they came and made a big presentation. I had a vacuum in my front room and everything, and then they would take out little filters and show me how dirty my house is. Now, if you're trying to tell me, show me something, don't, uh, if you're trying to sell me something, don't show me my dirt. And so the Kirby man is doing his thing. He's thinking he's selling his product. Oh, look at that. You need a Kirby because this is dirty. He does my vac. He does my curtains. He goes up on the curtains, comes down, takes his filter out. Oh, dirty curtains. <laughs> I'm mad. My wife at the time, mad. The children who clean the house, mad. Come on now. And you tell him, Bedroom, you better get out of here. And he told me, I need a Kirby. Let me tell you something before I end that illustration, and that is this. When you go fishing for men, don't start with the dirt. Because some of us are very good at selling Kirbys. Watch this. The man now, I'm talking about sharing. The man now finishes a little demonstration, and here he comes, the man crazy. Watch this. He says, I can do it for you at a cheap rate. He's quoted about a thousand US dollars. I looked at him. I, by that time, I stopped cussing. Come on, say amen. I was converted by that time. By that time, I was converted. But I was close. Come on now. Now watch this. I asked him, I said, do you own a Kirby? He paused. His Adam's apple went up and down. And he said, well, no, I don't own one, but I have the company. I said, do you own a Kirby? He said, no. I said, how can you sell me something? That you appear so passionate about. But you don't own one. Brethren, when we go fishing. And we're sharing what we have. Let us make sure that we know Jesus. And he's on our inside. Because otherwise we're just a waste of time with vain Babylons, and people come in, and they're they going to see you. They're going to see you. They're going to know you fake. Peter now falls to his knees. And when he falls to his knees, I love Peter, after the cross, and he falls to his knees, he says, I don't deserve this. He said, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinful man. And then Jesus responds to him. If you enjoyed this, I got something better for you. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Peter's legacy began that day. He forsook everything. In the movie, he went back home.
told his wife what Jesus had done. With tears rolling down her eyes, she was in shock. He said, I know you're mad. She said, I'm not mad. She said, I've been waiting for this day when you would become serious about something. And I can see in your eyes that you've met the Messiah. I wish somebody was in this building. I wish someone knew what I just said. Today, it's our prayer time for the 10 days and beyond. And I just want you to know, hallelujah, that prayer still works. I want to give you one more illustration and then we're going to pray. Is that all right? Pastor, they were building a strip club next to the church in California. The problem was the church didn't want the strip club. Amen. Remember, I started off by saying God sees, right? Watch this. The church began to pray that God, hallelujah, will move the strip club. A tornado comes through, knocks out the strip club, but leaves the church standing. The church members start hallelujahing. Come on now. The word is, God did this. Well, the owner of the strip club decided he ain't going down that easy. He calls an attorney. He says, I want to make a case against this church for knocking down my strip club. He said it was because of their prayers. Come on now. Now watch what happens next. <laughs> they come to the church with the subpoena. They come and they hand him the thing and said, the church read it and said, oh my God, we're going to be sued. So guess what? The church gets an attorney. They go to court. And the church's attorney says, this is not our fault. We didn't do this. The response was, but you prayed. And this is a result of prayer. I told you, it's not our fault. And the church began to argue the case that it wasn't because of their prayers. It was because of God and everything. So the judge stopped the case and said, you know what? I don't know how to rule in this one. But one thing I do know is that the owner of the strip club believes in prayer. More than the church does. Therefore. Erect the strip club. Wow. What can be said about Plumstead? The church should have went in that court and said yes. We prayed and God answered. Because if God removed the strip club, he can pay the fine. But some of us will argue the point until the person who doesn't know God 
believes in God more than us.